This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. And let's face it, sometimes people are hard to deal with. So how do you work with those around you in the most effective way, build better relationships, and simply give direction without losing momentum and credibility? Well, in this episode, I want to talk about that. I want to share my journey with personality assessments and what I've learned and why building relational equity matters. I want to provide you with three things that happen when you begin to master this skill, and I hope you'll stick around and join us for the rest of the show. If this is the first time that you've joined us, I want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're here. I try to release a new episode on the first of every month, and it's hard to believe this is episode 10. I've had some interviews with some of my friends and colleagues, and I've shared some teachings that I've had, and that's what I want to focus on today. And one of the reasons why I do this is I want to just produce some episodes that provide a vehicle for you to increase your capacity to be more effective with people. And if the podcast is helpful to you in any way, I would I would just ask that you would consider sharing these episodes with others, review the show notes, process the content with someone. And if you haven't given the show a review, please consider doing that today. I really appreciate your feedback. Okay, so let's dive in and let's talk about today's content. What is relational equity and why should you care so much about this? Well, equity, uh, defined by the interwebs, Google, is the market value of a homeowner's unencumbered interest in their real property. So that is the difference between the home's fair market value and the outstanding balance of all debt on the property. (laughs) Hopefully I haven't lost you here, but um, I use this analogy because as you exert energy with others, what happens is you either build up or lose equity with them based on your ability to interact with them. Now, what I have learned is that equity is a hard thing to come by because I have to work really hard for it. But over time, as I make one payment after another, I begin to build financial stability, or in this case, relational equity. And and here's what I've learned the hard way when it comes to building relational equity. I've found that when I'm able to grow my equity with others, um, I'm able to respond, relate to, and influence others more effectively. And this also works um, the other way around if, if I don't do this well. And so I've found that building up equity with others, it really has increased my ability to lead myself, uh, lead those around me, and just maintain focus on what I've been called to do. Now, In response to one mother's request for her two boys to sit in honor next to Jesus in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus told her something that I want to focus on for a minute. And he said this in Matthew 20. He said, whomever wants to be a leader among you, responding to this woman, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, and Jesus is referring to himself as the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, there's a lot in that passage in Matthew 20, but honor, it really comes from one's ability to humble himself or herself and just serve those who are in proximity. And I've found that doing this is really hard, and sometimes I feel like I'm a slave to others when I demonstrate these concepts, but this is the way that Jesus calls me and he calls us to lead. 
So how do you go about serving others in such a way that we experience this humility and slave mentality that Jesus speaks of? Well, about a decade ago, um, while leading staff development at New Spring Church, helping staff transition into our culture, I became knowledgeable of a tool called Place. This is P-L-A-C-E. It's created by Jay McSwain with Place Ministries. And I would administrate this um, with our staff, and I taught it to our staff. And when, when someone would come on to our team, on our staff team, no matter what campus they were at, we would give them a link to take this assessment. And then I would, at some point, in time in a training, go over the results with them um, within a group. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, place is very similar to the DISC assessment. Um, if you're not familiar with DISC, DISC is a self-assessment that measures how an individual prefers to interact with others. It's And, and place was great. It's similar to DISC, but what it was great was is that it helped our staff see how they could see, how they see the world, uh, what their spiritual gifts were, their optimal work environments, and really what their connecting passions were. So there were five sections of this tool. And I found Place just to be a great culture development resource and a way to quickly create common language with new staff so that they felt part of our team. Uh, Then about five years ago, I had the chance to study a tool called Insights Discovery with the Oxano Group. Uh, Insights Discovery is a really powerful personality assessment, and it's similar to Place in that it helps you gain a detailed understanding of your personal style and how that style impacts your relationships in both personal and professional environments. And what I really loved about Insights is that it provided this memorable color system that helped me engage with those around me. Now, there are tons of personality assessments out there, and we could dedicate episodes to talk about these. Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, I mean, these are other ones that I've studied, and we could spend lots of time on that. But what, here's what I find is that, that most of these tools, they, they really move they really focus more on self-discovery than adapting them to serve others more effectively. And I think that's what happens when we, you know, we're selfish, we're sinners. And so we, we take an assessment like this and we just think, how does this affect me, me, me? And that's the self-discovery issue that I think a lot of these assessments don't really address. And so how do you adapt these things to serve others more effectively? And so I started to wrestle with this about three years ago, and I started to try to use some of these concepts in my coaching with teams um, to better serve the people around us um, instead of just focusing on it as a tool for personal growth. And during that time, as I kind of would wrestle through these ideas, I put together this five-week process that teams could work through, and it included a 15-question assessment, um, results based on four equity types similar to DISC, and collaboration assignments, and just individual and team exercises, and I, and I called it the relational equity system. And I will say first, I'm, I'm really grateful for the many men and women who challenged me to take some of these assessments and the experiences that I've had using these tools, um, and, and it's really helped me provide kind of my own ecosystem of tools that I use with teams. And so I'm really grateful for those because without those experiences, I don't know if I would have gotten to this point. So 
I will say that it's been very helpful. Now, about six months ago, along with myself and a select group of individuals, um, we came together to launch a new relationship management system called Rock for Grace Church, where I'm also on staff. And man, Rock is incredible. There's so many great things I could talk about. We could probably do an episode just on that in process. But one thing that I really like about Rock is that it provides a free disc assessment that I can send to anyone. Um, and many thanks to Healthy Growing Leaders for providing this easy to use tool. Uh, but what I love about this is the ability to go to a person's record and easily click a button that sends someone a request to take this disc assessment. And they get it in their inbox, they take it, and when they finish taking the assessment, they get access to their disc results. And as a staff member, I can see it on their person's profile. There's this little icon. It sits on their profile. It's just really clean. And it just helps me know how I can serve them. I mean, as I have learned through some of these tools, that's how I pretty much use it. Um, but Rock is a great tool. And if you work or serve uh, church leaders and you aren't using Rock to manage your discipleship process, I would. this is a shameless plug. I would encourage you to check this out. Um, but... Uh, but I would say that's my experience with assessments. Um, now, for the next 15 minutes, I want to try to share with you what I've learned about these tools and, and show you how knowing people's dis results or, as I refer to them as equity types, can just help you build re- better relationships. Now, before I give you an overview of what I've learned about building relational equity, I want to give you two ground rules. Now, the first ground rule is that there's no good or bad equity type. Now, I find that people have a primary equity type that they associate with, but these equity types, they don't indicate that someone is better or worse than someone else. So just because you score a certain way, it doesn't, believe, it doesn't mean that they're smarter than you or they're a more valuable asset. So this is just a way for you to determine how to serve people better. Now, the second ground rule is this. The Holy Spirit is not factored into this system or any system. Really, I mean, when you take an assessment that scores what the world would call personalities, strengths, or even weaknesses, they're just descriptions. I mean, I believe that in any moment, equipped by the Holy Spirit, coupled with a genuine desire to serve others, you can influence others regardless of what you scored on an assessment. Okay, so those are my rules, and I would say that someone's assessment results, they do not limit who they are and what God can do through them. So let's get practical. I want you to grab a pen and paper because I'm going to have you draw this out. So if, the, if you're in a car, if you're driving, um, you know, you're on your lawnmower, you know, certainly don't do this. You can do it later. But let's go ahead and dive in. Um, on your piece of paper, I want you to draw a circle in, in, the, in the middle of the page. Uh, then I want you to draw a line down the middle of the circle and then a line across the middle of the circle. So your circle should have four quadrants, and these quadrants are what I call equity types. Now, at the, at the top of the page, above the circle, uh, I want you to write the word extroverted. Okay, so you're going to write extroverted up at the top above those two quadrants, the two equity types. And then under the circle, I want you to write the word introverted. Okay, so introverted. So you've got extroverted at the top and introverted down at the bottom of the circle. Now, extroverted people are the kind of individuals that enjoy spending time with others. They value progress. uh, They like to initiate and just be direct with people. 
And you might know people like this. Um, if you've ever been to a Chick-fil-A, uh, I love Chick-fil-A. My son works at Chick-fil-A, so we go there often. But when a Chick-fil-A employee takes my order and makes me smile, that reminds me of someone who is extroverted. Now, introverted people are the kind of individuals that like to spend less time with people. They value order, and they would rather respond and are more indirect with people. And you may already think of someone right now who you know who is introverted. They're quiet, and they keep to themselves. So you've got extroverted at the top, introverted at the bottom. So even right now, think about somebody. You might be able to put someone in those um, quadrants. Now, on the right side of the circle, I want you to write the words, feel with their heart. Okay, so feel with their heart. You're going to write that on the right side of the circle. And then on the left side of the circle, I want you to write, think with their head. Okay, think with their head. So you've got feel with your heart on the right side of the circle and think with their head on the left-hand circle. Now, people that feel with their heart are the kind of people that when you meet them, they may give you a hug. Okay. Whereas people that think with their head are curious, they question things, um, and, and you might not even need to see someone's relational equity score or have them take an assessment to know which quadrant they most identify with. But if you were to take a couple minutes to evaluate a couple people, where, where do you think they are? Which of the four quadrants do you think that they would land on? Now, people are going to have a primary and a secondary uh, equity type. This is what I've noticed. And normally when I'm looking at someone's score, I'm thinking through how to serve them. I'm trying to figure out, you know, does this person, yeah, they land on the top left. That's their primary. And maybe their secondary is their, their top right, or their secondary might be their top left, their bottom left, you know? So I'm thinking through that, like, how do I serve them? Where are they in their primary and how do I give them where their primary strength is? Okay. So let me give you some examples to this. My wife is going to be the kind of person who lands on the bottom right quadrant. Her primary equity type color is green, which is the S for the DISC assessment. Now, she's introverted and she feels with her heart. Now, when I come home from work and I sit down on the couch and I make sure that there are no distractions from kids and technology and I just sit with her and listen to her, it is in that moment that I can serve her well. I mean, she's relationship-oriented, she values the present, and what I mean by the present is that she's only focused on now. I mean, she's not thinking about the future, she's not thinking about things that happened. I mean, she's like, the present is what, most, is what she values most. Um, now, when all I want to do is talk and tell her about my day, it is all I can do to humble myself and not make our time about me. And so that's how I found I can serve the greens in my life. It's one example, but hopefully that helps you see that quadrant, that equity type. Now, I mentioned that I work at Grace Church, and um, I am involved in a lot of different projects there. And there's a select group of people that I work with who are motivated by correctness, are detailed, and they're accuracy-oriented. Okay, so they would land on the bottom left quadrant, and for some of these individuals, their primary equity type color is blue, which is the C for the DISC assessment. Now, I've noticed that the best thing that I can do when working with them in a way that I can serve them well and humble myself is providing structure and quality when we work together. 
Now, these kind of people, they often ask how something is going to get done. And so I work really hard at making sure that I can answer that question before they even ask it. And I will say that it wears me out, okay? Um, But that's one of the ways that I humble myself and serve those type of individuals in my life. Now, recently, I made a new friend who I've been spending a just a ton of time with. He's the kind of person who's going to land on the top right quadrant. So he produces a lot of the primary equity type color yellow, which is the I for the disc assessment. Now he has become a great friend and one of my close running buddies. And when we run, we pretty much talk the whole time. I mean, it's pretty funny to see, and I'm exhausted when we finish. Um, but when we're running and we're talking, you know, I often hear his conversation move towards people. He's always concerned about people. He's always he's always asking me questions about you know interaction with people, and um, his, I think his major need is to be heard and appreciated. And and I've noticed that when we're running and we're talking, and when I give him a chance to talk about whatever is on his mind, no matter how long it takes. And then I try to include him in what I'm doing, um, and I try. It's it's in those moments that I know I'm serving his well, him serving him well. So I would say asking good questions that allow someone to hear themselves think out loud is really how I serve the yellows in my life, and it's hard work because I have a lot of yellow in me, and I I have to force myself to stop making things about me. But this really helps me build relational equity um, with these types in incredible ways. Now, lastly, there's a workmate I have who doesn't report to me, nor do I report to him, but he's the kind of person who's going to land on the top left quadrant. His primary equity type color is red, which is the D for the disc assessment. He is direct, and he's more likely to think with his head. And when we meet, it's normally brief, and one of the ways that I know I can serve him well is when I help him get things done. And I've noticed that he is motivated by how much he can accomplish. And so I try to serve him by repeating what he wants me to do. When he says something to me, I try to say that as clearly as I can. And and then I try to include him by giving him the opportunity to lead through that. So with the Reds in my life, I find that the best way I can humble myself and really serve them is to be brief, clear as possible, and then move on quickly. You know, one time while I was working at New Spring Church years ago, I had a conversation with someone who produced a lot of this red uh, disc D type energy. And I remember having a conversation with him and I asked him before we met one time, I said, hey, Robbie, when we meet, I want you to tell me what you think it looks like to be on the other side of me. And what I mean by that is like, hey, man, when you see me coming, what are your thoughts? I wanted to get a, a I just wanted to evaluate myself through his his eyes. And it was interesting when we met, he mentioned that one of his frustrations was that often when we meet, I would launch into all kinds of things and just share my life away with him. And he went on to tell me that he sometimes dreaded meetings with me because they just took forever. And it was hard for me to hear, I'll be honest, but helpful in knowing that when I met with my workmates, one way that I could serve them was to be brief and clear and just to move on. Um, And this is really hard for me. And I've learned so many things asking um, that question to others. But here's the deal. This is what I would say is that building relational equity is really about identifying a person's primary equity type and then adapting my life to them. And this is how I can give people energy instead of draining them of it. 
So over the years, as I've used this language, I've learned a couple things that have really helped me serve others more effectively and to embrace this servant um, slave mentality that Jesus speaks of in Matthew 20. I've found that when I can recognize what someone's primary and secondary relational equity type might be, I can communicate effectively with them. This is probably one of the greatest insights I've learned using this process, but one of the things I think is that when you understand how the people in your life or those on your team receive information, you can communicate in a way that takes them into account. So here's the deal. Not everyone thinks or approaches life as you do. and Not everyone's going to receive information the same way that you do. But when you're able to lead with the different relational equity types in mind, you can bridge the communication gap and leave a smaller margin for error. So how do you feel like you're doing communicating effectively with others? Here's what I would ask you to do. Um, Pause the podcast for a couple minutes and just take out, like turn that sheet of paper over and draw four columns on it. So you're going to have four columns at the, at the top and the first column on the left, you can, you know, you're going to have a header and put on that header, uh, communication. Well, the first header I would say would be names. So go through, choose about 10 people that you've interacted with in the last 10 days. So name is the first column title and then just write maybe the last 10 people that you've interacted with. And then on the next side of the column, I want you to put um, communication at the title. And I want you to score yourself on how you think you're doing communicating effectively to them based on what you think their primary or secondary equity type is. So one is going to be poor, which is awful, and six is going to be superlative, which is the highest quality degree. So go through each of those people, think through what their primary equity type is or secondary equity type is, and then give yourself a score on how you think you're communicating to them based off of their primary and secondary equity type. So for instance, my wife, I mentioned earlier, she's she produces that green, that S in the DISC assessment. So I feel like I'm doing a fairly good job. I'd maybe give us, I would give myself a five there because I'm adapting to what she needs. I know that she produces a lot of that type of equity and, and I need to give her that type of equity in order to build more of that with her. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, so pause the podcast for a minute, do that for a minute, and then let's come back. Okay. So how did you do? How well do you communicate with those around you? Uh, When it comes to communication, think about the possibilities that would come if you just gave others the type of energy that they needed. And what I mean by that, if it appears that someone's primary equity type is yellow, which represents the eye on the disc, then one way you could give them energy is just by getting them talking or just taking time to listen to them speak. Um, If you were to ignore them or exclude them from information, you're going to really become a drain to them. Um, And I've learned this the hard way. And And if you're like me and have struggled in this area, it just may mean that you don't really understand the people around you. So in in your conversations with others, try and determine what primary color someone produces and then focus on serving them by providing that type of energy. And it's going to be really hard, especially if you're a blue working with a yellow or a red working with a green. But if you can master this, you will increase your ability to lead others well and communicate to them effectively. Okay, so let's try to wrap this up. Um, when, When I can recognize someone's primary and secondary relational equity type, Uh, and what that might be. I can communicate effectively, but I can also have healthy conflict. 
Okay, so conflict is a natural part of life. An unhealthy conflict has the ability to derail vision and disrupt the unity of the team. But here's the deal. Healthy conflict, it grows stronger bonds within a team and it builds relationships. So as a leader, you have the choice to embrace conflict and use it to better your team. And so when conflict is handled with grace and truth, it communicates that you care first about the person involved. And when you understand the personalities of your team, you have insight on how to deal with conflict in a way that brings glory to God and strengthens the unity of your team. So if you're experiencing an unhealthy relationship, it would benefit you to understand why they do the things that they do, what primary equity type they might have, and, and what yours is, and then try to move towards helping create healthy conflict. So I would say, um, you know, develop skills that help work through your conflict and humble yourself by giving your life away to people. And this is going to be extra hard, but if you can build this muscle, you will build massive amounts of relational equity with them. So pause the podcast, take 30 seconds, rank yourself based on that, that list that you created before. So this next column would be conflict. And just, you know, number one would be these relationships are unhealthy. And six, these relationships are really healthy. Okay, so just take that time to do that now. Okay. All right. So we're coming back. We're wrapping this up. Over the years, as I've learned some really hard lessons when it comes to conflict, I know that um, it can get better by just evaluating yourself in this area. So I would say just keep working at it. Don't get discouraged. There's great work to be done here. Okay, so when I can recognize someone's primary and secondary relational equity type, I can communicate effectively to them, I can have healthy conflict, but number three, I can learn how to respect people regardless of their primary and secondary relational equity type. So here's the deal. There are relational equity types that will not naturally mesh with yours. In many types, equity types from opposite ends of the spectrum, they clash because they're so different. But when you view those types in light of their design and the creator um, who made them, it helps to appreciate the ways that God actually made them. So when you know their strengths, you can see the incredible value that they bring to the team. And that may be an area where you're weak. So how do you advance forward movement in this area? Well, for one, I would say work on building a balanced team. You know, we tend to surround ourselves with people who are like us. And if we do this in ministry, we are not really employing every part of the body to function as a whole. And you need people on your team who are able to fill in the gaps and have strengths that complement your weaknesses. And having a team that's balanced, it leads to situations where different people bring vastly different ideas to the table and can challenge you and others to be better. So where do you go from here? Well, I would say again, choose to humble yourself. Serve others by understanding the strong relational equity types of those around you. This is how to apply the Matthew 20 passage that I spoke about earlier. And I would say adapt to those in proximity to you who have different relational equity types. So for instance, if you work with lots of blue individuals, then get your stuff together and don't waste their time. Okay. All right. So in this last column on your paper, take some time to create a call to action. So the title would be action. And I would begin to list like what's the action step that you can take with the people on your list based on what you've learned in communication and conflict. And, and I would encourage you to go after it, write it down and move. Okay. Um, so as we kind of close this out, um, I want to share a couple verses in Romans 12. 
Paul writes, he says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of others, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Well, all right, hopefully those ideas, they not only encourage you, but challenge you to lead more effectively um, and help you just move towards action. If you want to learn more about the work that I do uh, with teams uh, or any of the things that I mentioned today, check out the show notes or shoot me an email at chrisrivers at culturebus.cc, and I'd love to connect with you. Uh, And just know that I care deeply about the process of building this, but I care more deeply about people. So hopefully these tools are helping you lead. Um, And in the show notes, if, if you see anything that you want to talk more about, man, I'd love to connect with you. So that's all I have for today. Please consider sharing the podcast with someone else. And if you haven't rated or or reviewed the show, please do so today. Thanks for joining me today on the Culture Bus Tools podcast. I'll see you next month.